Listen to the word of the Lord as I read out of Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. I have been sharing with you a series uh, uh, about the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. Uh, we did not go into the political implications of the Reformation, though there are many. We did not go into the financial implications of the Reformation, though there are many. We did not go into the idea of, well, we did touch into the idea of individualism, where the person's conscience is, rule, is only ruled by the individual. That was one of the cries of the Reformation. The only one that has rule or has control over your conscience is God. No priest, no pastor, no government, no organization. No one should have control or power over your conscience, authority, but God alone in that respect. We chose to follow the, the five slogans of the Protestant Reformation, uh, the five solas, by grace alone, by Scripture alone, God Glory to God alone, in Christ alone, by faith alone. We discovered in our first of the classes that we had, the first of the messages, that we explored the idea of grace. And we found out that grace is a gift from God that none of us deserve. Secondly, we then went into the idea, explored the idea of, 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 uh, of uh, uh, faith, faith alone, meaning that we walk the life that God has given us by grace alone, then we walk the life that God has given to us by faith alone. Today, I want to deal a little bit with the idea of only Christ. So, uh, uh, what were the Reformers really fighting about? What were they arguing about? I want to deal with the core of the question today. So, I'm going to have to, to ask for your mind to be alert because we're going to be contrasting some points of view that many of us actually believe in and may not be as biblical as we thought they were because we create our own theological fantasies. Do you know that we create our own theological fantasies? We imagine God in a certain way. We imagine that God works in a certain way conveniently to us as we domesticate Jesus to our lifestyle, and thus we then believe that is the way it is. And that may not necessarily be what Scripture teaches so today, the biggest question that the Reformers were asking was, how is the individual saved? That was the question they were grappling with because the Roman church was teaching that you were saved by buying indulgences in that particular period. They also taught that if you purchased this, if you gave this money and you purchased, you were then allowed 
to go into heaven. So then salvation was either purchased or it was either earned by the works that you did in the church. By following all of the sacraments, the rules and statutes that the church would give you, then that's how you were saved. Luther discovered that that way of living, that way of believing, that it is by our works, that it is by our doing, that it is by our earning, that it is by us doing and working our own salvation, he thought that was awful. He thought that was unsustainable. He couldn't believe it. He tried for many years, and he was miserable within himself. Until one day, by providence, the Spirit of God showed him the way that he should be living. And he read the famous words out of Roman, the just shall live by faith. And that broke his mind, that freed his spirit, and he realized, I don't have to go after that dangling carrot in front of me that I was never going to get anyway, because the carrot now was taken by God and was given to me as a gift. And that thought revolutionized the Christian world at that moment. Now, we have to be careful thinking that after the Reformation, Christianity began. We have to be careful because before the Reformation, there are 1,500 years of Christian history. So that means that that church of 1,500 years has God's blessing for 1,500 years and even today. Okay? So don't think that, that, that Protestantism began Christianity. No, it didn't. What really happened was a group of Christians in Germany broke away from the church, and we call it not the Protestant Reformation, it's the Western Protestant Reformation because it's affected mostly Western civilization. So don't think that your way and my way of understanding Christ is the only way. Christ is the only way. But your way and my way of understanding Christ may not be the only way. Strange, huh? Because we're looking at it from a filter, not only from culture, but history that has changed through 2,000 years. So this is how the answer, the question to the answer. How are we saved? We are saved by grace, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this faith is not of yourself, but it is a gift of God. So how are we saved? There are three ideas basically, that described how we are saved. One of them is saved by works. Most world religions teach that we are saved by works. From the primitive religions that had to satisfy the angry gods to the modern religions that we provide and we give and therefore we are saved. Salvation by works is unsustainable because we are all driven towards things that are not really godly. And then we have this amazing struggle that we do not understand, but we find ourselves in that conundrum. And thus, we tend to abandon the faith because it's unsustainable. Salvation by works is the idea that you are doing something, that you are good enough, that God will save you because you don't lie. You don't kill, and you don't steal. 
That's my grandma. Those are her three markers for being saved. I don't lie, I don't steal, and I don't kill. But she has a tongue. Oh, goodness. I love her. And we discussed all this stuff, and she understands it. But, <laughs> but boy, what a tongue. In my Puerto Rican culture, Carmen, check this out. What do they say when somebody has a tongue like that? They're going to need two caskets, right? One for the body and one for the tongue. <laughs> so salvation by works is the idea that we do things that we can actually earn God's favor by doing good stuff. The second view of salvation, and let me be honest with you, a lot of Christianity teaches this view. A lot of you actually have this view. Oh, yeah. That we acknowledge that we are saved by, by grace through faith, but then we have to do something, man. We have to earn that salvation. We have to keep the salvation, some of you would say. Some of you say, I have to collaborate with God. I have to cooperate with God. So I am saved through Jesus Christ, but I got to do all these things, otherwise I lose it. Otherwise I'm out of control. That's the point. <laughs> you see, both of these ideas on how are we saved diminish, belittle, shrinks everything we have sang and read up to this point. How many of you have, sang, have sung the hymn, Jesus paid it all, all because I did? No? What does it say? Jesus paid it? All. So we can't, Miss Linda, we can't cooperate with this thing. We can't add anything to it. Jesus paid it all. So no works of mine. So I don't get saved and then because I give offerings, because I come to church. I said last Sunday, for those of you who weren't here, you can go to McDonald's all the days of your life and you will never become a hamburger. <laughs> you can come to church all the days of your lives and never be a Christian. Yeah. Unless we realize that then salvation... You see, it, it diminishes the work of Christ. It says, salvation by work says that Christ's sacrifice, and this is the key issue here, Christ's sacrifice was not enough, was not sufficient, is the theological concept. That when Christ died, He must have done something, but it was not complete, so we must complete it. Christ's sacrifice was not sufficient, was not enough. That's what we're saying when we adopt the salvation by works. So Christ, actually in salvation by works, we deny Christ's works. And then we put ourselves in our works. Goodness, I'm not following notes. Then the second idea, salvation by faith through works, is that Christ's sacrifice was not sufficient. And when the Reformers were dealing with the idea of Christ alone, they were not dealing with the idea of the exclusivity of Christ. They were not dealing with the idea that Christ is the only Savior in this world historically. That's not what they had in mind. They were dealing with the idea that the work of Christ alone was sufficient, was enough, satisfied the wrath of God, reconciled God, God unto God's self, unto Himself. 
Christ's sacrifice was sufficient, was enough. Period. Do we get it? Nothing we can add to that sacrifice. Nothing that we can add to the worth, to the value, to the reach that Jesus' sacrifice had on the cross. Nothing. Our first reading that, that uh, uh, Doris read, it finishes with the idea, and through him we are reconciled, and God was satisfied. God said, it's okay, it's enough. I'm okay with it. That is why we can actually say, God's no longer angry with you. If you have issues, well, we have to fix them up because the God that we read in Scripture is a God that does not condemn you, but rather uplifts you because that God has already forgiven you. Done with. He ain't dealing with it. For it was appointed for Christ to die once for all. For who? Oh, I thought it was just for the ones who only believe that uh, 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 He saves me, but then I got to do all these works. And I got to keep up the salvation. Christ's sacrifice was enough. You see, because He is the visible image, He is the one that became flesh, God Himself. Christ is the Savior who lived amongst us. He is the one who paid for us. Did He pay in full? So then, what are you going to pay? What do you owe? What do you owe? If Christ paid it all, what do you owe? But, he, but our allegiance and our gratitude, our response to God, our following of Jesus Christ, you see, because He is the Lord. He is not just one Savior. He is the Lord. And through Him, God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything. And then he breaks it down just in case you want to deal with that everything. You want to parse it your way. He, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. Whose blood? Was it yours? Whose was it? And God said it was enough. Therefore, God elevated him to be in the highest places of honor and gave him the name above all other names, that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God the Father. You see, Lord is not a title. Lord is a position. Lord is a relationship. Lord is the way we become submitted. We take our ego and step on it because our ego is not going to determine whether we go to heaven or hell. That's not the point either because salvation is more than that. It's about living a life of, of, of satisfaction, a life of witnessing to Jesus, to others here. So we can take our ego and crush it and surrender as we sang. And the attitude that we read that was in Jesus Christ, that though He was God, did not cling to that authority, to that identity. He died even to that for our sake so that you and I will be reconciled to God. So that God paid it all. Who paid it all? Very good. So let's go home. 
How are we saved? Let's read this again to see if it makes a little bit more sense now. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves, but it is the gift of God. Christ's sacrifice is sufficient. When I've been tested in many places for my theological beliefs, I usually say the old ancient statement, Jesus Christ is my only and sufficient Lord. Only and sufficient because His sacrifice was sufficient to God. It, was, it satisfied God and thus we are okay with God.